I, Vegeta, the prince of all Saiyans, hereby command that you do not listen or subscribe to the Dragon Ball 4 Life podcast. Whatever you do, would you defy royalty? No! Bye! May we have your attention, please, and welcome to another episode of Dragon Ball Full Life, where you come for the content, but you stay for the culture. And it's Friday. You know what that means. We have another brave challenger that has decided to answer the dragon call. But before we give our guests their just dues, you know who we are. The Fusion Dance Dons, a.k.a. the Mong Gods, a.k.a. the deadliest backcourt in podcasting. I go by the name of Rojita, the Prince of All, Sings, Mr. Matthew Porter, a.k.a. Maddie Ice, here with my counterpart, the Oob to my Majin Buu, my Den Day One, going from the lookout to the cookout, I'm Mr. Troto Trav. Talk to the people, Trav. You know me. I stay chilling, and I love thy women like Krillin, and we here he for them. Dragon Ball for life. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, you know, they say they know I got heart, but you know what? In the meantime, we on this podcast, and you can call me Super Saiyan Shannon Sharp, so let's Ooh, get it. Because Undisputed is not a thing anymore. It shows That's terrible. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> ass, ass. But Trav... I love when we get to have guests that we get to see as they're taking off into the stratosphere, as they're upward projecting to the to the stars, to the galaxy, if you will. We'll circle back to that word. That's going to be a big word here. And uh, this next guest is no different. She's done everything from work for big budget anime, big pharma, crunch roll, but she still is with the little guy. <laughs> And helping out the indie, the indie anime scene. She's still there. She and everything in between. With with credits a mile long. We're we're gonna get we're gonna try to get to as much as what she's done as we possibly can. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you might know her from Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh, one of my favorites, near and dear to my heart. She's also been a part of an Audio Chronicles podcast called the Pachki Audio Chronicle Podcast, but she's switching it up today. She is gonna be a guest on a podcast coming on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Hannah Aliye. Oh, what an intro. Look, I was gonna go, I was gonna say I didn't know if anyone was gonna get the reference. <laughs> but snaps all around here. Well, I'm how, honored how are you? to be here. Especially with that kind of an intro, like, dang. Feel, feel, free, right. to, feel free to yes. clip it out and use it in your future you endeavors. You free next Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, Matt just pops in. Just follow the, around, do your intro. intros. Thing. <laughs> I'm going to catch a flight, I do your intro, come back home. I need my for this event, please. I need them for my intro, okay? We got you. We got you. Trap. <laughs> Look, Trap, tra we about to start putting that on our DB4L LinkedIn, like, intros. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. Putting <laughs> on Fiverr, make, make a couple bucks. Look, fly us out to Comic Cons. We'll do the intros. Get back on the flight. Come back home. There you go. <laughs> said intro connoisseur. You know, you know. <laughs> well, Hannah, we we have a lot to get to, and uh, we're super excited to get to it. Uh, but we always say here on DB4O, the easiest place to start is the beginning. So, what was your original nerddom that led to you making voice acting as your career? Ooh, I think the first big nerddom, the one that like solidified it for me, had to have been. Batman the Animated Series. Nearly because... because let's go! When I got my first, like, paycheck job, because, you know, babysitting prior to, um, the first thing I bought 
was the collector's edition of the entire Batman the Animated Series. It comes with this really nice leather I know case. exactly which one you're talking there. about. <laughs> like, I still have it. When I was moving, I'm like, hello, child. Um, like, but I me, think please. that was the hello, one that darkness, really... Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Double entendre. Don't ask me how. <laughs> I think that was the one that solidified it for me that, like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm okay with being a nerd. Like, mm-hmm. at the age of 14, I'm like, I'm a little nerd. This is cranky. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, there was... Batman from DC. I wasn't into too many other DC superheroes, but I was a big Marvel fan, especially Spider-Man. I loved Spider-Man growing up as well. Um, I mean, I come from a very conservative uh, Christian household where I was also Mm -hmm. homeschooled. So um, the way that I was raised, I didn't actually get to see a lot of media, especially popular media now until I was in high school. Um, And so that's when I like once I graduated high school that's kind of when I first was introduced into anime beside like Pokemon like I knew that that was a show but I didn't really understand um it being anime uh and so Naruto was my first like anime nerdum and I binged the entire thing um so that in one piece I have watched (laughs) all the way through minus the Wano arc I gotta catch that up but I'm waiting for my partner to get there so we can watch it together um but yeah, Batman the Animated Series was definitely like the first one that I really remember and have like physical proof of like, look, I'm a nerd. Um. <laughs> Isn't it funny now that uh, if you're not a nerd, you're actually just not cool these days? I know it's Back. very weird because I was never cool. Um, I tried to be the jokester because my older brother was the cool kid. Uh, and I was like, look at me, look at me. I can right, be funny too. The default is like, oh, I'm funny. <laughs> right. And I would make a fool of myself just to like get attention because mm-hmm. everyone would go, hey, Hannah, where's Gavin? And I'm like, uh, he's over there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I was always kind of, or at least I felt very much like always on the outside of the circle, especially with being a nerd. Like mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. play, I even played D and D in high school. We would play with our drama uh, teacher, and so we would at lunchtime we'd all sit down. And I believe it was three point five edition. I'm not sure. Uh, it just dipped in a little bit. I don't even remember <laughs> we, the we character actually, uh, I had. I just know that we did it, and I had dice for it. Yeah, now I, I play like it all the time. But we just got like a D and D crash course like the other day. Right. <laughs> Universal. It was the awesome. Biggest, anyway. It was awesome. <laughs> the biggest thing is like. I remember the days of finding nerd memorabilia, but you'd have mm-hmm. to like search for it. And the when you find of, it, you'd like, oh my God, look what I found. This is amazing. And now you can just go to like the mall or online and it's like not even just in hot topic or anything. It is in half the stores you go into. <laughs> and I just sit there and go, like, this is cool. And I'm glad that others don't have to go through the same we made it. criticism, but what? It's cool? <laughs> it was never cool. My yeah, favorite, my job. favorite, uh, random, like, nerd toy that, like, fine would be at, like, a, uh, a Rite Aid or Walgreens where they had, they, they would randomly have Dragon Ball Z figures, but, like, <laughs> 
it was so weird because it'd be like Frieza with a bazooka. Like <laughs> Frieza, yeah, they always had, they always had like a random accessory. They had a that's weapon. Facts, yo, that's facts, yo. <laughs> Gogeta had like a, a sword, and you're like, and at the time, like when they had those figures, I like I didn't get that far to like know who Gogeta was. Like, oh, he looks like, got swords now. Yeah, <laughs> but then like, and then, this is amazing. Yeah. Then you get to the free the, the, the Namek art and Frieza is shooting beams out of his figure and he's like, Yo, he, he like, no fucking where's bazooka. His, where's his bazooka? Where's your bazooka? Where's the swords? I came for the bazooka. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. You know what? Fact. Yeah, I got a I got a bone to pick in Toriyama. If I ever see him like, yo, so like why didn't Frieza ever use his bazooka? Tell me why. <laughs> he's gonna be like, What are you talking about? <laughs> that wasn't on me. That must have been a that must have been an OVA. I don't remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze's big day off. The that, OVA that was that called merchandise. Yeah, but I, I got, I gotta know uh, to to bring it back to Batman the animated series because that I oh, love. Shout out to Kevin Conroy. R.I.P. So going good. too soon. I gotta, I gotta know as a child who grew up in a very religious household. How did your parents respond to you watching Batman? Because I feel like that has like a lot of quote unquote demonic uh, imagery. Wait, um, <laughs> at that age, I was finally at the point since I had my own job that it was uh, they didn't have a say in the matter. I had go. a little BBTV up in my room that I bought, I think, secondhand, and an Xbox 360 also secondhand. Did not red ring. I was very proud. And I would just watch it up there. That and Lord of the Rings. Those are the two that I would just watch on repeat. I can't escape. So I literally like rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy like for fun regularly. And I I keep running into people who like. You never read regular or extended edition? Because to me, there's only one answer. Okay, so I watched the extended edition. (laughs) I, I I will say. The extended edition of Return of the King is my least favorite extended one. I kind of prefer really? the not because, like, the whole plot line with um, Faramir and um, Shorty from the Horse Tribe. Yeah, that was so random. Like, it, it felt so random. Like I, I was so Faramir? no, I love that Faramir. He he got love. But it was like end this interview now. Yeah, I know. Right, she's gonna <laughs> drop out. <laughs> but well, it, I mean, it felt honestly- so random. Like I mean, I actually think it felt less random with the extended edition than it did in the theatrical. So I feel like in the theatrical, they could oh, you just so see them like, standing. Why yeah, the you just fuck see them standing together. The yeah, <laughs> what's <laughs> going on? Like when they have that in the extended cut, when they have that meeting when they're like standing over like the edge and stuff, and like watching like the war, and they like have like a heart to heart, and they like I guess fall in love in that one moment. You never see them like talk again until they're at the end when because- you know. Aragorn's being coordinated. It's like, I mean, when did y'all, when did yeah. y'all, when did this love connection form? <laughs> to be fair, I prefer um, Faramir and Eowyn's relationship. This mm. is a hot take. Don't be coming at me, Lord of the Rings fans, <laughs> versus Aragorn and Arwen. Oh, um, that is a hot take. <laughs> That's definitely very, a hot take. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some Aragorn, but the because it was so strewn out and I didn't, I feel like I I was very detached from a lot of it. Like it was cool to see it, but I still felt kind of detached from that. Whereas I can see that the Eowyn Faramir, you kind of see their separate stories and then you kind of let your imagination, unless you read more Tolkien, um, kind of see where their own traumas and pasts might bring them together. And you're like, Oh, oh." whereas I didn't get to see (laughs) as much of Aragorn in Arwen's past. Yeah. And so I feel like I was thrown in the middle. And so it took me a long time to even understand that. Mind you, it was 
I'm a dyslexic ADHD individual when I was in high school at the time. But like, it took me a while to really appreciate that. So hot take, I, I mean, that. don't get me wrong. I love them all. I love them all. All of them are precious to me, but like. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. It's because like their their love storyline thread like took a major backseat in the two towers. <laughs> like like everyone oh, yeah. was like doing his own oh, thing. Yeah. It's just like outside of dream sequences. Like you never really <laughs> saw them together. So it's like I can see how like when uh because you don't see her at all in Return of the King until until mm-hmm. the end. It's like oh yeah, yeah. I forgot no, you were around. Yeah. <laughs> you see you see her uh when he starts. You see having, her in like, the extended. You yeah you do. Think yeah. you see her in, you, the, theatrical in the theatrical cut? No, nah, I think the only time you see her is like when he's like having a dream about her. When he like drops the morning star and it shatters. But like other than that, yeah, yeah she like pops up at the end. It's and like I oh yeah, the theatrical version a couple years ago <laughs> just to see how different it was because I had not seen them like pretty much period if i don't remember correctly because my whole family's like extended edition and i mean i'm one of the kids that like i have every word memorized including the commentary including the behind That's the scenes hilarious. like it was always running on my, <laughs> on it, my yeah. tv um and i, I mean, go to it's a way to fill your it's a way to fill your day <laughs> like it takes I up mean, the whole i got i got sting in my arm i got the one ring right here as well like <laughs> there we go uh, there but, we go I watched the theatrical version with my partner uh, when we were just talking at the time in deep in the depths of COVID. And I'm just sitting here pretty much yelling half the time going, where's this scene? Why mm. is this gone? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, just so the Batman started version? it, but I am a hardcore Lord of the Rings fan for sure. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Like, I'm, 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 I'm damn soaked in it. Like, I'm deep, like, the fantasy. I'm deep the give Lord. me the fantasy. I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> Weird. He's, I'm true to this, not new to this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then, so with Lord of the Rings, love Batman. That's a, that's a wild combination, but it's. I mean, right, it works right. for me too. It works for me too. So <laughs> I'm here for it. So so we have Batman in miniseries, Naruto, Lord of the Rings. Put it in the pot. Get us Hannah. How yeah. did that turn into a career? So I mean. <laughs> I think the best way to describe it is that when I was little, I always thought I was going to be an actress. When I realized that I could not be the crocodile hunter and I had to, you know, decide again what kind of career I wanted, <laughs> I knew I wanted to be an actor. Uh, and then later in life, I like to call myself a failed adult. Uh, I tried to leave acting. I was a musical theater student for a year or two. And, you know, the self-sabotage kind of got to me and I was like, oh, I should probably get an adult job to pay these loans. I don't know if I'll pay mm. them back with the theater degree. And I left it so that I could pursue actually Japanese as a major so I could learn a second language to become a flight attendant. So it's like, if I'm not going to act, what do I want to oh, okay. do? Travel. What do you do as a, a That's a form of acting. Flight attendant You get into the acting. travel industry. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I'd love to be a flight attendant. And so I had transferred schools to then major in uh uh, uh, Asian literatures and language with an emphasis in Japan. It's like, ooh, it's a, it's a mouthful. It's almost like one of those isekai titles nowadays. Um, and <laughs> then became a flight attendant. And after, I think it was six months or so, I realized I was missing that acting. And it was that mm. point in time that I realized this was something... I couldn't, I, I can't not do. It's like breathing. If I try to take it away, I just wither and die. And so that's kind of where I was like, all right, well, what kind of acting can I do as a flight attendant and being gone all the time? 
And that's where I stumbled upon voice acting. Cause again, I didn't really connect it as a lot of voice actors. I know, you know, when you're little, you didn't really connect voice acting as a job. As I grew mm -hmm. up in high school, of course, the nerd within me knew some voice actors, but like didn't think about it being a job I could pursue. And once I stumbled on that, ADHD took over, hyperfixation, <laughs> and that is all I could think about doing. And that's kind of led me to where I am today. Long story short. <laughs> so once you had that that revelation that, okay, you know what, I actually can't make a career out of this, what was like the next step in terms of Oh, I want to, I want to legitimately like do this. Cause you know how like we can all get ideas like, Oh, I wake up. I want to do this, but like, it's just a fleeting thought and you don't mm -hmm. actually like follow through with it. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about just being like, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that this is like my legitimate like career path that I'm going to pursue? Research and training mm -hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot of research. I, <laughs> I was manic to the point where I listened to Rob Paulson's podcast the talking tunes and anytime you'd have a guest and the guest would mention somebody they worked with or a book they read or something that they did to get to where they were i would make note of it and then i'd research it later i was That's like okay really where smart. are these greats going to like yuri lowenthal and tara platt they have a book called voice over voice actor and you know they were talking about their experience so obviously the book was on there i have a copy uh, I actually have a copy signed by them, which is <laughs> to keep sake forever. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they also mentioned a, and the first instructor they worked with down in LA, his name is Rick Zeef. And they said, he's the first one we went to. He was awesome. And then, you know, he actually helped make our demo. He actually cast Yuri, I think in his first anime. Um, and I went, okay, I'm going to look this guy up. Does he still teach things? Is it out of LA? How do I do it? Where do I go? And it was that kind of train of thought that led me to each one of the opportunities. Now, mind okay. you, at the time, pre-COVID, I was very privileged to be able to just hop on a plane and go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So for 13 weeks, I would take the first flight out of Minneapolis, St. Paul to LA on a Sunday morning. And then I would take an Uber to West Hollywood to take a class to then go back to the airport, wait three hours, four hours sometimes, and take the red eye flight overnight back to Minneapolis. And I just Yeesh. did that for 13 weeks uh, because I'm crazy. And we'll say committed. We'll say committed. Right, crazy right. committed. I find it a really fun story now, but no, that's, an ama that's amazing. It was a lot <laughs> and of you research. legitimately said like what you did because like Matt and I always joke about like celebrities and people that like when they're like on panels, like, oh, so what did you do to get here to make it? Just worked hard. <laughs> if I did it, you could do it. All right, but what did you do? <laughs> that is my goal. Um, but. I mean, it is. And I still research to this day because there are still things changing. I am still training. The moment you think you've learned enough, you will stop learning. Period. Yeah. And I don't ever want to get to that point. So, I mean, a lot of it was thankfully we're in this era where you can look things up on Google. You can mm -hmm. watch things on YouTube and you have so many. And now there's the explosion case in point of podcasts that are even available that mm -hmm. will give you the information if you're really looking for it. You know, you can find those who are legitimately teaching who are working in the business versus the whom, those who might just want to take your money. 
You know, yeah, there you yeah. can find the VO communities, the indie community, the uh, the just the classes that are available, and so many talented, credited people teach classes. And unfortunately, for those of you who are listening, you're like, yeah, I want to voice act. It's a lot of investment on the front half. It is a lot of investment, not only of your time, but of your money as well. I was taking classes. I was researching and reading and doing everything that I could for probably three years, four years, I think, until I started getting paid for my first gigs. And so that's, you know, making sure your booth is all set up and ready to go. And in this day and age, post COVID, you have to have a home studio you can record out of. Does that mean it needs to be up and going the first day that you start voice acting? No, absolutely. Like start small, but know that that is eventually where you will need to be right. Start small and know you're going to have to grow. You're going to have to spend money on a microphone. And as you get better, you may want to get better equipment. You're going to have to take coaching and classes. And eventually when you're ready, you need to purchase a demo, which can be upwards. I mean, I think the top price that I saw is like $2,500 for a single demo. And you need wow. one for every single category that you do. Now, mind you, you can get a reasonable done demo between $750 and $1,200, but it's that's still a lot of money yes. for a single demo. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a pretty penny. Like it's, <laughs> and that's just the demo. That's not right. classes. Mm -hmm. That's not equipment. That's not any of that kind of involvement. So it is a lot of investment. And because of that, I highly recommend those who are wanting to get into voice acting, or you think it's something that you were really interested in, or you're like, man, I really want to try this. Make sure you're doing it because it, you enjoy it and that it's fun. Mm -hmm. Because when you end up having to drop so much money, so much time, and you know what, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Um, you know, there are times where it is very hard. And the only thing that's going to get you through it is because you have that itch and you know that you just, you have to do it because it's, it's where you get your enjoyment from life. And so, I mean, the, the, my best advice for people starting up is make sure you love it first, research it, you know, look at fun projects you can do. I mean, the easiest, cheapest thing that you can do, all it costs is a subscription to Crunchyroll. And you can even do it with friends. I did this with my partner and it's freaking fun. I love it. Is watch an anime with the subtitles and you each just go back and forth with characters and read for the characters. Oh, that's dope. Like mute the sound. Super easy, yeah, super fun. Cool. And actually it's just kind of a fun thing to do, period. You know, like, you know, dabble in things that maybe don't cost money just to see if it's something that you enjoy. Because if you don't and you end up spending so much money, you'll end up despising the community and the people and wasting a lot of your time and money. Mind you, there is always, always room for new people in this community. There are so many facets of voiceover that I think a lot of people don't even realize are there uh, that there's room for you. Absolutely. Even though there, it seems like things can be so closed off, there will always, always be room. So if you love it, do it. And if you can't go as ham as maybe myself did, because I, when I find an interest, I go 102% into yeah, whatever yeah. it is I'm doing. Gu so guided missile lock on it's over. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. When I nah. do something, I feel like I do it at the speed of light in, in comparison to other people. It doesn't mean that I take less time 
Because if you were to compare the hours, so something that might take me a year, I've seen people take five years to do. But if you were to take a comparison to the hours spent in the, that amount of time, I would almost guarantee you it's the same. I just get right. consumed by whatever it is that I'm following, which <laughs> people around me go, Hannah, have you eaten today? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. No, don't worry. You know? Call your mother. Did you call your mother? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the most healthy, but uh, just speak. And even if, especially with social media too, like in the theme of like, give yourself grace and give yourself time for whatever it is that you want to pursue in this, you may see newer people blowing up all of a sudden out of nowhere, right? Um, and you're like, well, where did they come from? They just all of a sudden came into the scene. You haven't seen the years mm -hmm. of background that they have done to get where they are. I've seen the background like, work. Right. Like this year, I have booked my first lead in an anime, which I'm floored about. I have only been at Crunchyroll for a can you, little Can you tell us about now. it? Can you, can you, can Absolutely, you tell us about it? Absolutely. It is already Let out. them know. Talk your um, shit. Talk your shit, queen. If you want to watch Saint Cecilia <laughs> and Pastor Lawrence, I am Saint Cecilia. She is just a little jelly bean and she's so cute. Um, and I love her very much. Uh, but even though like wow, I've only been at Crunchyroll for about a year, just a little over a year, booked my first lead. I didn't come out of nowhere. I have right. a whole lifetime of acting experience. Oh, we've and I have seen about four credits. or five years <laughs> There's a lot specifically in there. <laughs> for voiceover. Check my resume. Yeah. Check my resume. It takes a lot to get there. And I know in social media, it seems like things are very instantaneous, but do not grow impatient. And let me tell you, this is coming from someone where if you ask any of my friends, they will tell you, I am not patient. I'm not patient. I want things and I want things now. But this is something that you really need to take your time. You know, enjoy the process. It's a marathon. It's not a race. So mm -hmm. enjoy the journey. Enjoy the sites that you're passing by, because once you get to, you know, certain stopping points, you can look back and really appreciate how far you've come and the things that you've learned. The people that you've been in contact with will be worth more than your entire voiceover career. It's be patient, have the passion, but do your research. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are those are my biggest pieces of advice, and I know that that was not a short answer. Well, that's but, that's been our know. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a I I have no that was an amazing answer. Like that was that's and that's why we like having guests like you on because it's like we we want to a champion you know our, our compatriots in this space like you know up-and-comers who are trying to make a way and like you know make change for the better you know and also make it easier for the people behind us to try to like break through than what it was mm -hmm. for like us or the people ahead of us but then also i hear how passionate you are and like how like you really do want to help make it easier and like stuff like that that's invaluable information like everything that you just said i can guarantee someone's going to hear that and put that into practice like oh immediately. absolutely and like anywhere you go leave a ladder so that people can follow you on your way up one thousand like always leave a ladder down i mean i left the theater uh scene mostly because they it became very clicky and i felt like i had to be a certain person to hang out with these people and i was like sorry guys like yeah i'm not going to conform to what you're doing and voiceover the community generally speaking you will always have a bad apple in the bunch um are some of the nicest people 
and the nicest actors you will ever meet because it's not yeah. about what you I look say, like. Been great. It's kind of the beauty. <laughs> I was about to say, um, that's facts. Like I'm a five foot two individual. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to book a lot of on camera roles or theatrical stage performance roles because I'm just too short. I would have to be like over the moon talented, have to have been in Juilliard since I was three kind of experience, and like a Christian Chenoweth <laughs> kind of nonsense in order to be able to really Dame, leave my way. Dame Judy Not Dash. saying it's impossible, <laughs> but you know, that is a bias that's in there. But voiceover, the beauty of it is that it doesn't matter what you look like. But that also means that there's a little less ego involved because if you are not a pleasure to work with, they don't have to work with you. <laughs> they will find somebody else who can do your job. So I've met so many wonderful voiceover people here and it's just, it, it brightens my heart. But that being said, those of you who are newcomers, the world owes you nothing, nothing. Super Don't come sense. into this thinking that because you can make it in a certain indie scene or you can make it in a certain anime scene that you are above anybody else. We are all human and the world owes you shit. <laughs> now, it's nice if we get it. And of course, hard work will pay off. You know, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, work hard and good things will eventually come. But don't expect it on a silver platter. You're, you're not going to gather a good crowd that way. So be humble, be nice, and don't be a dick. So that's, that's the best advice I can give Very you. Very wise words. <laughs> <laughs> For, put that on a mug. <laughs> we'll get our t-shirt and mug slogans look, going. Look, look, we about to kill him with the Let's merch game merch. out here. <laughs> yeah. Let's when you did here. your um, uh, uh, activity of reading the subtitles, I got to ask, have you tried it with um, Demon Slayer? And if so... Actually, was, yes. Who yes, was that? He it did to? it with who the newest that? arc. Who, who, um, oh, the who was that? So good. Especially when he's around girls. Like, he'd he be yes. going crazy. <laughs> okay, but Tanjiro, or not Tanjiro, uh, Zenitsu is actually one of my favorite characters. No, I love him. You can come at me for it, but let's be real. If y'all were in this area and all of a sudden demons were coming after you and eating you, you're not telling me you wouldn't be scared out of your mind like Zenitsu. <laughs> He's literally what all of us would be in that situation. It's, it's, you might think you're a Tanjiro. We are all Zenitsu. And yeah. don't even don't even try and argue that with me. Yeah, Unless you have martial arts experience or you are a soldier with trained experience, I don't believe it. Yeah, no. I'm running my ass away. I'm like, oh. y'all ain't gonna eat me? Right, exactly. I'd be yelling my head going, oh my god, this is so scary. <laughs> You know, so that's, that's I just so think Tanjiro uh, is or uh, Zenitsu is fairly no, realistic. He, he Mine is married me all the time um, <laughs> for <and> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Maybe if you were in dire situations all the time, you would be too. I don't know. I'm not in that situation. He said, <laughs> I, I, could die, I, could die, "I could die any day, me." See, the funniest thing is, I find the demons most fun to voice. I would love to voice like a crazy ass bitch or like a demon <laughs> or something. I feel like they have the most fun. Don't get me wrong. Heroes and stuff are great. But how much fun is it to just be like, ugh? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's so right. yes, and that's we did. We actually did it in the newest arc of the Demon Slayer. It was my roommate, my partner, and I all the all just kind of switching off characters per episode. It was great. That sounds fun. That is great. <laughs> I highly hilarious. recommend it. Even if you're not a voice actor, I recommend it. It is so much fun. 
No, that's, that's, that's there's a drinking game in there somewhere. It's definitely <laughs> you add a little bit, of, a little sprinkle of alcohol, a, it'll be even yeah. more fun. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a drinking game in there somewhere. But uh, you had mentioned, like, you know, that you, and it's funny you said it because me and Travis mentioned this all the time. Like, every voice actor that we've had on the show, have you, they've all been amazing, courteous, like, super not, you know, not trying to like big league us. Like, oh, like, everybody's been like, oh, like, like they, they give us the gratitude as if we're like doing them a favor and it's just like no y'all are helping us like if anything <laughs> so like so in, in that in your adventure and you know all the different characters that you've got to meet uh, in the voice acting world uh is there anyone that you haven't worked with yet that's like on like your bucket list like your bucket list voice actors um i mean honestly anytime i get to voice any character is my favorite like any time that I get to go into that booth, that's my happy place. So, I mean, honestly, the next character is mostly. Uh, I meant, I meant, that would uh, be, I'm sorry. I meant like the but, actual voice like actors. Fandoms. Like, oh, no, no, no. Like the actual, yeah. Like, oh, is there any like, like working like, with people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh, working with. Yeah, that I do have actors. a list for. There we go. That there we I go. do have a list. She said, are you for. ready? Are you ready? Um, <laughs> he pulls out a sticky like, note, like, all right, head right here. Like, for real. Um, one of them, like, I would cry tears of joy if I got to work with Rob Paulson because he is a main reason as to where I kind of started my journey. I got to ask him a question in, like, a Bloombox Studio class thing, and I had to hold back the tears because I'm just like, this man is amazing, <laughs> and he's just so gracious and kind. So, I mean, if I could work with him, amazing. Kari Walgren, Gray Delisle, I... I mean, I know she's in retirement, but Andrea Romano, who is the director of Batman, the animated series and so many mm -hmm. other things that I love. I would love that. Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, uh, Sam Regal, Matt Mercer. Like I have so, so many, but I mean, I, I even have ones that are as simple as some of my friends here. Like it is mm -hmm. on, I literally have a VO like bucket list if you will just there to kind go. of keep me reaching for certain goals and one of them i have play across from my from my best friends kelsey poppin and ryan negron i'm like i swear we will be in a show together we will play across and it'll be amazing manifest, right. manifest 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 exactly mm -hmm. and so <laughs> i mean manifest, i have manifest, manifest i i i have so many people to work <laughs> with yes but it's kind of funny because in the voiceover world being in a project with somebody is i feel like is different than working with them because right, 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 right. You're, you're recording alone y'all might not ever even all like, the get time. facetime right right and especially here in dallas where it's a lot of anime that has <laughs> the to be mecca so you're <laughs> yeah, right everybody you can't yeah. do that in an ensemble <laughs> like good luck <laughs> like, holy cow that would be miserable um i think the voice actors would have too much fun joking around and no work would get done but um, <laughs> yeah. I know that they still do some ensemble stuff for some video games and prelay animation over in LA. But uh, so, I mean, I've, I would love to work with these people, but I know that some of them, it might just end up being work on a project with somebody, uh, which is fine by me because seeing it all put together makes you kind of feel like you're working with them. Uh, that's kind of the fun part with anime is that you don't have to wait as long as like with ga video games and prelay animation for the product to come out. So, you know, I can wait a couple weeks and be like, oh my gosh, look, I can actually see everybody voicing their parts all together. This is amazing. Uh, but yes, uh, the, the laundry list is 
probably so long it would roll out of my apartment. Uh, oh, I want to work with so many wonderful individuals. So really, the next person who's new that I get to work with, you were probably on my list. Love that. Love <laughs> Let that. me work with you, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, so us being a Dragon Ball uh, podcast, well, Dragon Ball for life's in the name, but we're like a nerd podcast in general. But we have to ask the question. You had mentioned that, you know, a lot of times when you do share a project with other voice actors, you don't necessarily always get to, you know, spend time with them or sometimes even meet them. So we got to ask you about the legend, Sunny Straight. You know, voice of Krillin, the OG. <laughs> I love so, that women like so, Krillin. So well, I was about to say, I know I, we had to bring it up. That's in Trev's intro. We had to bring it up. So, like, did you actually get to, like, meet him and spend time with him, work with him? Or was it just, did. like, a wall on the same project? That the class that I ended up taking with Sunny Straight was actually in person. It was, I think, oh, 2019. Yeah, so it was the year before COVID. Mm-hmm. Perfect and, timing. Or, or maybe it was <laughs> yeah, two right. years. It was, it was 2018, 2019. I'm not sure. It was one of those years. I, we, we avoid COVID. Crime That's is a weird part. soup, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. It was a, I believe, a three-day workshop here in Texas. And funny enough, it his studio is right by where my old apartment was. So mm. I would drive by the old studio so many times. I just suddenly like, aww. But uh, <laughs> it was a three-day, mostly focused on acting kind of workshop with him. And it was great. It was it was awesome. I unlocked some skills that I feel like I hadn't been able to do up to that point. And it was the first experience where we got to do some like quote unquote for those of you listening because you can't see my fingers. <laughs> I, I do that all the <laughs> we, time. We worked on <laughs> my first like <laughs> dubbing where I could see my voice coming out of characters. They had scenes that they would just use for class and you know mm-hmm. it wasn't recorded or published but we'd see on the screen our voices coming out of these characters and we kind of get like a little impromptu this is kind of what it's like in the studio experience and that was awesome. I have lifelong friends that I got from that workshop and it was it was very good like I have very fond memories of working with Sunny Strait but he moved away to the east coast and I was like oh, okay that's fine but now he's back so I don't know him, maybe I'll oh, work with him again back. I have no <laughs> idea <laughs> so he's on the east coast we gotta find him he's back never mind he was and now he's not anymore he is now back in Texas so <laughs> we, we missed our window bro <laughs> I guess you know. Goku instant, transi- instant transmission him back <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's like, bro, we need you over there. <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. It, it was definitely a lot of fun, and I learned a lot. So it was it was cool to kind of sit there and be like, wow, this is a guy who's sprinkled throughout so much anime mm-hmm. that I have seen and or heard of, and I get to work with him. So that was really nice. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. And then going from you know like working with legends and obviously like again the mecca of Crunchyroll, and then in Texas where it seems <laughs> that all voice actors somehow end up in Texas. Texas <laughs> not crunchy. <laughs> that's hilarious (laughs) so i I, i'm super excited to want to because i want to talk to you about uh lumi and the great big galaxy that's like a kickstarter anime i'm like you're in it like at the grassroots i know it's like currently in production i was like doing my research on it you know like they did the kickstarter to like get funding Mm -hmm. and everything and they're working on it tell us what that's about because you know we've been fortunate enough to with guests such as yourself to like catch them as their own projects for like an established company He's like, I don't think we've ever like spoke to somebody who was like involved with an anime that you know that's like created here, grassroots, Kickstarter, started from the ground up. Right. Like what what has that experience been like? That was actually the first paid gig that I booked. Oh. Um I saw the casting announcement on Twitter and I saw the art style and went, Oh my god. 
I don't know what the story's about, but I want to be a part of it. It looks so good. I need it. (laughs) And so I just sent an audition in. I didn't hear back for like a month and a half. And I was like, ah, probably didn't get it. It's fine. Whatever. I really like my audition. And that's all that really matters in the end. And then I got an email back. They're like, hi, we would like to offer you the role of Felicity. And I went, that was my favorite audition. Amazing. And so, yes, Lumi and the Great Big Galaxy is a an original an, indie animation project if you've heard of like lackadaisy or hell of a boss uh has been hotel it's very similar to that in the sense that it is a creator and a bunch of other creatives getting together to make something they want without a studio's help because sometimes corporate hands get into things and turn it into something that you don't really want or you're trying mm-hmm. to get a pilot in Water order to down. then take it to studios to see if someone will pick it up So we're in the process right now of putting together the first episode, the pilot episode. And we had a Kickstarter back in 2021, I believe, the beginning of 2021. And we met the first goal for that one. And we thought that would be enough for the 11 minute episode. However, with how much detail and how much we're wanting to do, it is only enough to get the first, I believe, three or five minutes animated. So we're going to be doing another Kickstarter here pretty soon or crowdfunding. I'm not sure if we're going with Kickstarter yet. It has not been announced, but we're going to do that to then finish the final animation. It is a story about these aliens who try to take a star back to their home planet. It is a star that all of a sudden falls into their hands and that's Lumi. Lumi's the star. It's adorable. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you want to see the cute art, just look up. It looks um, so good. Lumi and the Great Big Galaxy. You will find <laughs> it, it everywhere. So Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. You will find it. It is amazing. Uh, and uh, the, the, the idea is to try and get Lumi back home. And you have these colorful cast of characters. I play a certain flower princess named Felicity. And she's, <laughs> she's a bitch, but she's my bitch. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, she's not actually mine. I don't own her. I just voice her. Um, like Evan or, or Starties on most social media it, it has been the creator. It is their child. He is incredibly talented. And the entire team, like the whole high school me who watched a lot of the behind the scenes and everything that I could get my hands on has been so giddy because we have our own discord server with all of the production team on there and i've been able to watch it go from storyboards to rough animation and then like having the full animatic put all together and i'm like oh my gosh this is amazing so not only is it like wow i get a peek behind the curtain to a really cool project but i'm like i think the first time i actually saw the character like animated to, I think it was my edition originally that they used for some, uh, someone just decided to do a test for animation and they took my audio from my audition and animated it. I saw it and I wanted to cry. I was like, that's, that's my voice coming out of, out of a <laughs> character. Me. Oh my God. That's so cool. I've but the project is so cool. If you like Steven universe or that's, wander that's over immediately yonder, what I thought like, when I saw that's the kind of the art style and the story that it is inspired by. And it is, is magical. It's wonderful. Keep your eyes out for it because we will be doing that second Kickstarter. You won't want to miss being a part of it. Cause wow, you better watch out. Cause it's something really good. 
something <laughs> yeah. really really good and you can you could just tell like when we were do, like doing our research on you and everything and i was like looking it up and stuff like that like i see the care that's been put into like mm-hmm. even just the mm-hmm. poster i was like oh like mm-hmm. there, there's 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 mm-hmm. momentum behind this like this right. like right. this will not be denied <laughs> like, <laughs> like do you I do you feel that. like that sense of like as opposed to like, you know, having a job with Crunchyroll or like a big company versus like doing like the Kickstarter thing, like on the business aspect of it, is it like night and day or is it is more just like, you know, I'm here to do a job. Like, are you like way more involved with the process? I'm definitely more involved with Lumi. I mean, I guess in a more of an overview, like I get to see the process with anime, especially coming from like Crunchyroll we dub it. So most of what happens Mm -hmm. is you get a translation. That translation gets turned into what we call a time code. So you can get kind of everything kind of figured out. That will go to a writer. The writer will write the script and then the director will cast and start, you know, scheduling people, record it, they'll mix it, and then it's good to go. There is no, okay, here's the storyline. Here's the rough animation. Here is the coloring for it. Here's the music for it. Like you don't get any of those elements when you're dubbing. You mostly have something that has already been created and then making it like consumable for Mm -hmm. an English audience. Mind you, it is magical on its own and I love that process, but it's, I would say it's probably less involved than being able to see something from scratch come to life. Hold up, time out, free It took Namek 86 episodes to blow up in what was supposed to be five minutes. So let's take our time with this one. And we'll see you next week on Dragon Ball Faux Life. Dodon Ray. Pow. Mm. Mortals, listen up. It's your god of destruction, Beerus, here. Subscribe and follow the Dragon Ball for Life podcast. Or else... You shall be erased from existence. Akai.